Well, good morning. My name is Michael Fueling. I am the lead pastor here at the church. And uh, you may not know what Vision Sunday is. If you're new with us, you will quickly find out. Um, There is a leadership struggle that is a pretty serious struggle in my life, and my wife will fully attest to you. And my struggle is that I tend to lead way in front of people to the point where people don't even know where I'm at anymore. And uh, if any of you have led with me for any period of time, you'll be like, yeah, we, we see that. And so an illustration of this is when we go hiking, um, I'm, I'm like way in front of everybody. And I'm like, come on, people, let's go. Like, you could be injured and bleeding. And I'd be like, throw them over your back. Come on, we have a destination to get to. And it's, it's, it's actually not a great leadership trait to have when you're actually leading a church. Like, that's not a good thing. So my wife has continually reminded me, Michael, you cannot get so far in front of people. You have to take them with you. If anything, you should be in the middle or the back pushing people along. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, but I want to be in the front. I'm, I'm like going. And so this past week we were hiking and uh, I was like, Bree, come on, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, speed up, let's go. And she's like, Michael, I have your two-year-old in my arms. Like, I can't go any faster. And I'm like, well, we'll just run. You know, anyway, so like, maybe, maybe the problem isn't with her. Or maybe the problem is with me. I need to slow down. And so a couple years ago, we started implementing, uh, we called them Mission and Money Sundays. Now we call them Vision and Generosity Sundays. And this is a, an opportunity where twice a year, I get before you and tell you where we're going as a group of elders and as a church. So we do this twice. We do this at the beginning of the year, and we set some goals. Uh, we usually we set goals. Um, there's four or five or six goals that we set for the year. We want to see them happen. And then in the middle of the year sometime, I come back in front of you, and I give you an update. Uh, this is a great opportunity for you to know what we're thinking through, praying through, where we're going, what we're working on, etc. It's also a great opportunity for you to hold us accountable. Um, this is a great chance for me to be able to actually um, be accountable for the vision and the goals that we put before you as a church. So if you're visiting with us and you're new, this is an amazing Sunday to come because you get a chance to hear where we've been, where we're going, what God's doing, what our goals are, how you can be a part of it. I mean, this really is probably one of the best Sundays for you to be here. So what I want to do with you is I want to just give you a little overview of the last five years of Village Church. And I want to be really, really clear as I share this with you. There is not one ounce of bragging um, in any way, shape, or form when I say this. Um, I love celebrating what God has done because we give God as much glory as humanly possible. And the reality is God grows churches, shrinks churches, closes churches, opens churches. I mean, the Lord is the Lord of every church, and he gets to decide what their fate is. I mean, he is just in control. And so one of the things that I fully understand right now is that there is no blessing that comes unless Jesus is allowed or ordained it to happen. And so I want to share with you, just in light of that, some of the things that we've seen, which will help you understand a little bit more about where Vision Sundays have come from. So over the past five years, we've tripled in size as a church. Our kids' ministry has more than tripled in size. We've launched our community group ministry, and then that has tripled in size, and it's continuing to grow. We've developed and launched a growing and fruitful local outreach ministry that seeks to build bridges for the gospel to the city of Bartlett and uh, been an amazing ministry, awesome local outreach team. We've had to restructure our leadership, our children's ministry, and our services, honestly, about every year. And so one of the things that you will learn if you're serving is that we keep changing things up a little bit because we're trying to adjust and do the best we can with our resources and and to make the mission happen. Uh, One of my um, favorites is we have paid off hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and we are now debt-free as a church. Amen? You can applaud. Like, that's amazing, by the way. 
We have had tons of babies born, like tons. I mean, Village Church, first three commands, right? Leave, cleave, multiply. Really proud of you guys. Keep it up. Enough said on that one. We have seen a lot of people come to faith in Jesus. We've seen even more discipled. Um, our, our deepest prayer is that if you've been here for any period of time, that you would grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. You would love him more, be more passionate about him and the mission that he's given you. Um, and so we're just really excited to see disciples made. We've had um, our membership class has been nonstop for the last two plus years. The only time we don't do it is in the summers. But every class has had a, a group of people in it, and it's been nonstop. And uh, we've been really excited to see our membership class continue to grow and to see people become members at Village. Um, we have enjoyed an extremely unusual amount of unity and joy amongst our elders, our deacons, and our staff, and our lay leaders at the church. By, by unusual, I mean, as I talk to my buddies, they're not experiencing it. Um, Unity is incredibly, incredibly difficult to come by for whatever reason in the Christian community. And apparently, to Jesus, it's a pretty important factor, right? We have enjoyed a unity that I honestly want to protect with all my heart and soul. And um, I got to say that, like, you know, some of you come from different backgrounds, and there might be that wondering, is there something going on beneath the surface? Are we going to find out something later? And if there is, we have no idea what it is as a group of leaders. And the joy of serving with our elders and with our deacons and with our staff has been really unmatched. Um, I have counted it as one of the greatest privileges that I've had as a pastor to lead a group of, of leaders, honestly, that are just so godly competent. And even though we are so different from each other, like if you start meeting us, you'll be like, wow, you guys literally are the most different people on the planet. We share um, a common vision and philosophy of ministry and love for each other that has made ministering together an absolute joy. So if you're new or visiting with us, with us I, just, I think it's actually one of the most encouraging things that I can share with you is we love this and we want to protect this season. Another thing that I love is that we have had, almost, we have, new, we have had new visitors almost every single week for the past two plus years. Usually there's two, three, four, or five visiting families a week. And um, we have loved that privilege. And it is a great, great opportunity and season where whether or not you're inviting somebody, somebody's moved into the area, um, something happened at another church, somebody's just curious and figuring it out, what they believe about Jesus. Um, People are coming through the doors of our church. I want to tell you that we take this very seriously because it takes a lot of guts for somebody to walk through the doors of a church and face a bunch of conservative evangelicals that are worship with us. Okay, Can I get an amen from someone on that, right? And so every person who walks through these doors, if it's your first time, going to a church can be one of the scariest things. And there's an amount of courage and boldness that it takes. And so every time I see somebody who's new, I just recognize um, they are infinitely valuable to God. They've taken a courageous step to even walk through these doors. And uh, oftentimes they don't even know anybody. And so our desire is to love them so well and give them an unforgettable experience where they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God died for them. Jesus loves them and rose again from the dead. That forgiveness is free and does not cost them anything. Um, Jesus paid the full price for them. And so it is our greatest desire to steward that. And I'll, I'll, wrote, I'll read to you what I wrote about this just as I was reflecting. Why is this even relevant? If God grants us unity, we must steward it to the glory of God. If God grants weekly visitors, we must care for them to the glory of God. If God grants us greater financial freedom, we must steward it to the glory of God. If God grants us any measure of favor in our city, we must steward that to the glory of God. 
And if God grants us little ones to protect and to disciple, we must, we must steward them to the glory of God. And so when God blesses, there's a responsibility with that. And the responsibility is to manage and steward his blessings really, really well. And it's one of the reasons we get in front of you to say, hey, where have we been? Where are we going? How can you get involved? Because it is not the senior pastor or the elders or the children's director's job to make disciples. Whose job is it? Everybody. It's our job. Our job is to help. Our job is to train and to equip and to release. But we make disciples, and we have to steward this well, which is why we need to talk about where we've been and where we're going. And and so the vision of Village Church, it's very simple. Uh, We want to make disciples who? So weak. We want to make disciples who? Go and grow and overcome. Uh, I kind of want to change it to make disciples who make disciples who go, grow, and overcome. And I want to just start off before we talk about this. I want to clarify one thing for you, okay? Um, Francis Chan has this video. I'm going to put it up today on our Village Church website, and it is an awesome video, and uh, it's about two minutes long, and here's, here's what he says. Only in the, in the American church can we get away with studying the Great Commission and not doing it. And so he says, I go to my daughter, and I tell her, Rachel, clean your bedroom. And she says, she comes back two hours later and says, Dad, I memorized what you told me. Rachel, go clean your room. And we're having a bunch of friends over tonight. We're going to eat, and we're all going to talk about what that means for our daily life, right? And he's like, you've completely missed the point. And, his, and what he's saying is only in America and only in the Western church can we get to this point where we say, yeah, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to study it, and I'm going to think about it, and we're going to imagine all the ways that we can do this together. And here's what I want to just put out for you on the front end of our mission. If you're not making disciples, you're not being a disciple. It is not an option to claim Jesus Christ and to not be discipling someone. And so I want to just look at you and ask you this question. Who are you making a disciple of? Who are you discipling? So some of you might say, but I'm eight. I'm 18. I'm 17. I'm a brand new Christian, but I'm busy. There's a million, a million excuses. And for some of you, you've just never had the question asked. Some of you didn't even know that you were, had a responsibility to make disciples. And I just want to look at you and say, you have been commissioned by God to make disciples. Not me, we. Not just the pastors, all of us. And so our desire is to help everyone in this room who claims the name of Jesus Christ to make and be disciples who go and grow and overcome. So every year we get together and we ask this question, what stands between Village Church and the mission and how can we go at um, tackling these obstacles? And so we put together every year again four or five or six things that stand between us and the mission and each of these come under a category of go, grow, overcome. And at the beginning of the year, here's what we shared with you. We said this year we really want to focus on going wider. And here is the goal, to train, mobilize, and release Village Church to be the church and effectively proclaim the gospel. And we had a few things that we shared with you that we were going to do. And the first one was this. We were going to put in place a... A... That's fine. It's frozen. I'll just read it. Um, a new local outreach MD. Um, if you didn't know Angie Stahl, she was our former local outreach MD. She's amazing. We love Angie. And Angie, if you're listening to this, repent and come back to Village Church. Um, 
love Angie, but the Lord moved them to Texas, and we knew that in time the Lord would raise up um, the right man or woman to be our local outreach director. And uh, so over the last few months, I've been watching and praying, and um, I'm really excited to share with you who our new local outreach director, and it is... Scott Dick, who is not the little girl in the middle, nor is Scott the woman to the right. Scott is the guy to the left, and uh, Scott loves our church, loves our city, most importantly, loves Jesus. He's got a strategic mind. He's super smart, and already just watching all the emails um, that he has initiated and the, and the dreaming and the planning of local outreach has been awesome. We have way, way too many ideas to actually implement realistically as a church, which is so cool. Scott's like, eh, Michael, you're thinking too small. I can see him right now. Um, but honestly, Scott has done an amazing job just taking the reins, owning this, continuing to build this team. And uh, Scott is a pilot, so if you don't know what to talk to him about, ask him about pilot stuff or turbulence, and he'll be able to tell you all the <laughs> stuff about it. But that's Scott, so get a chance to get to know Scott. But Scott is going to be um, leading the charge for our local outreach. So excited. Thank you, Scott, for serving. Um, number two, the second thing we wanted to do was experiment developing um, with bridge building resources. We wanted to put together resources for you, and they'd have three rules. They had to be digital. What's the second rule? Shareable and helpful. And so we've been trying different things, doing different things with blogging and podcasting and Q&A, all this kind of stuff. And we're kind of just getting our, our, our heads around the whole arena, figuring out what is most helpful for, for Village Church. And so one of our desires is to give you digital content that is digital, but do we want you to keep it? What do we want you to do? Share it, to give it away. We don't want you just to get fat and smart intellectually. We want you to give it away to as many people as possible. So whether it's sermons on hot-button topics or whatever else may be coming up, um, these are things that we want to put in your hands to help you, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But um, those are two of the things that we really wanted to focus on with the going wider part of things. Now, we have every year the second sermon. It's called Vision Sunday 2.0, which means we come back and we say, here's some new goals that we want to put in place. And so we have begun to tackle the first two goals, and we have another goal that we are really excited about. And we want to revamp our entire First Impressions ministry. And um, so what we have done, first and foremost, is to put a ministry director over First Impressions, and that person is, drumbeat, John Tuck. So love John. That's Natalie um, to his right. Um, John is not the woman, but is the man to the left. And uh, John, you'll know him because he's always got these cool glasses on. Uh, really good looking glasses, by the way, John. I think they're amazing. Um, and uh, so John uh, loves local outreach, loves unchurched people, loves creating environments that are awesome. And John is just really good at it. And so we've given John oversight of this. He'll oversee the cafe, ushers, greeters, parking lot, um, all of the first impression stuff, the food, um, which is just amazing. So you guys are awesome. Uh, and so John's going to oversee all of that. And really, I want to come back to this um, original thing that I said earlier, which is The person coming in through our doors for the first time is infinitely valuable to God. It usually takes a lot of courage for them to come here, and we want to make this the most unforgettable, amazing experience for them as humanly possible. And so that's John's job. No pressure. The most unforgettable, amazing experience humanly possible. That's John's mission. So John is our new First Impressions MD, and uh, John used to work at Starbucks as a manager, and so if you ever want any Starbucks questions, you can go ask John. That'll be a great discussion starter for him. Shall we keep going? Number two, uh, I want to dive into personally. Um, So this is something I'm going to take on myself 
um, the digital shareable and helpful content development. I want to share with you a couple things that I'm personally going to be spearheading um, with this. And number one is we are going to try by October to launch either daily Monday through Friday or weekly Q&A podcasts. So if we do daily, it'll be like three to seven minutes long. It'll be released in the po- a new podcast um, every day. And it'll be questions you might be working through, questions on a sermon uh, that we just gave. could be anything. And the goal is to create something that is digital and helpful and shareable, right? So that you are learning to build bridges with people through sharing digital content. For whatever reason, it is easier to send a three-minute podcast on something than it is to actually start a conversation with people. Uh, Personally, I don't care how you start it. You're on a mission to make disciples, so build bridges. And if we can put digital, helpful, and shareable resources in your hands, that's what we want to do. We don't know yet whether it will be every day or once a week or twice a week. We're working that out here in the next coming weeks. But come October, expect that there'll be a new separate podcast that will be focused on Q&As and be more dialogue-based. If you want to get a little glimpse into that, you can see our Q&A on the SCOTUS message that Pastor Tim and I did. It's up on our regular podcast. It'll just give you a little sneak peek and a glimpse of some things that we're thinking about. Um, I'm going to be relaunching our um, leadership and blog as a church and my personal blog, creating resources that are helpful, particularly for our leaders in the church. And then um, we're going to be, hopefully, God willing, our goal is by January, February, we'll be videotaping most services. And uh, so what we want to do is catch um, whoever's preaching, or maybe it's an amazing communion message where somebody preaches the gospel in just such a compelling, amazing way. We want to be able to capture short two to four minute video clips or one to three minute clips that you can put on Facebook or wherever else, and then you cannot keep them, but share them, right? So digital, helpful, shareable. Um, so we're trying to access a whole bunch of mediums, the audio medium with, po- medium with podcasts, blogging medium by doing that, and then just the visual medium by recording and videotaping. And so everything is getting in line to do all that kind of stuff, but that's my personal goal this fall is to get all the balls rolling in this and to launch content development that's digital, shareable, and helpful. So you can be expecting that. And here's the goal, to serve you so you can help make disciples. That's it. So you can start building those relationships. That's one of our major goals with you. Number two, we want to grow smaller. We came to the Village Church and said things are getting a little cramped in here. Um, We want to be able to grow smaller with the goal to be more individually focused in training disciples for an increasingly difficult mission. I mean, Village Church, has it been increasingly difficult for you to be a Christian over the last year, given what's happened socially and culturally on a number of issues? Yeah, what we're actually finding is, is that Christians are more and more afraid to be a Christian, to tell people they follow Jesus, to actually say what they believe on certain issues because of some of the cultural tides that have taken. And yet, what does Jesus say? Be, be very afraid. <laughs> no. Over the most repeated command in Scripture is don't be afraid. It wasn't even an encouragement. Like, have you considered not fearing? It's no, don't be afraid. In the Great Commission, he says this, don't be afraid because I'm with you wherever you go. There's nothing you can't overcome because my presence never leaves you. You have my Holy Spirit. And so this is our commission to never, ever, ever be afraid. And uh, we found, though, that this is getting increasingly difficult. And we want to do is encourage people. And so a couple things that we put in place were we wanted to um, start youth and children community groups. 
So what happens is kids graduate from high school, all of a sudden, magically, you're an adult in the church, and you're with uh, all of these strange old people in a community group, and it's a new concept for you. And so from very young, we're starting community groups in children's ministry starting this fall. They've already had small groups, and now we're officially going to rename them as community groups. Matt and Lauren are launching uh, junior high and high school community groups that are starting this fall also. And that way that kids are used to being in a group of people where you talk about the word of God that was just taught to you. Um, It teaches them at a very young age how to actually be in a community, learn how to pray for each other, um, learn how to have a community group leader and serve each other. So we're really excited about that. We thought that was a great way to give even kids and youth a smaller opportunity to grow with each other. Number two, smaller community groups. So initially when we launch our community groups, they meet every other week or every week. um, And uh, the success that we said we want to see groups 8 to 18 And we realize is when a group gets past 12, it gets unrealistic and unhelpful to really care for people well. So what we're doing this fall is I commissioned Tim to uh, redefine success for community groups. And success for community groups will be 6 to 12 people. We've also seen is that once a group gets over about 10 people, the loudest extrovert in the room takes over, and they answer the majority of the questions. Can I get an amen from all the extroverts in the room? The introverts are like, preach, right? John Tuck, he's my community group leader, and he's like, shut up, Michael. Stop talking. Michael, you've already preached for like two hours on this subject. Be quiet. And uh, anyways, I'm working on it, John. Um, but people like me are the problem, right? We, we like to talk. Chris is like, yeah, that's... <laughs> and uh, so what we're trying to do is redefine success. So there are some groups that are 14, 16, 18 people, and Tim's going to be coming to you and saying, your job is to send off a team of six and to start a new group because living things reproduce. That's what we do. And the church sends off. That's what we do. One of the greatest blessings of the Village Church will become our greatest weakness, and it's this. We love each other way, way too much. <laughs> right? Like, we, we want to, we just like it. We don't want to leave our group. They're so fun. I just, I've been in there for years. I just know them. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is reproduce. Um, and those relationships are awesome. But guess what? When you go to a new group, will you grow in relationship with those people? Yes. And will you grow to love those people? Absolutely. And if you don't, we'll find you a new group if you absolutely hate the people you're with. But here's, <laughs> here's the goal, right? We have found that it becomes unrealistic to care well for people when the groups get much larger than 12 or 13 people. And so by the time we get to 6 this force, or to 12, it forces you to be thinking, oh no, who is going to be taking over my next group? And so we want you to find um, six people that, not just so you can multiply, so you can actually send off. Some of you might actually have to send off two whole groups, uh, two all-new community groups because your group is that big. And I just want to encourage you, this is what happened in the Bible. They sent off their best. They sent off their best to to start new things so that more people could be connected and come to Jesus. And so that's what we want to start doing and integrating into our community group. So get ready for that. Tim will be talking to all of you guys, and it will be a blast. Number three, smaller services. And uh, so we have our overflows, and we could open them. Prefer generally not to do that. But I want to share with you something that um, we discussed in January. We discussed um, talking about launching a Sunday night service. And uh, it's been something that personally I have been passionate about for a couple of years. And it's been very clear the Lord has said no, 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 no. And over the last year, I've been getting antsy with it. And uh, this past spring, I really just felt released to actually do this and go after it. And I want to help you understand what it is and what it's not so you can get your head together on this. And um, I'll start by saying this. 
I said earlier one of the greatest weaknesses of our church is uh, that we love each other way too much. There, there, is, um, there are two Achilles heels of our church um, that will take us down. I'm going to talk about one, and privately you can ask me about the second one. The, first, the Achilles heel that will take us down is, is this. There is something in Village Church. It is a part of our culture. I, you know, I'm a part of it, and you're a part of it, where we love to get smart. We will grow in knowledge. If you're here, you're going to get smarter. You're just going to get. You're going to learn the Bible. You get involved in women's study, men's study, and then community groups. You're just going to get smarter. But there's something. There's this gravitational pull, and every church has an Achilles heel. They, every church has this thing that is in their DNA and culture that it's like a just like a strong vacuum that if you're not fighting against it, it sucks you into it. And I've learned after being here for 13 or 14 years at Village Church that if we don't fight against this, we default to getting smart and fat. And physically fat, too, because we love to eat. That's a whole other issue. But, um, and, and so here's what happens. We can too easily define discipleship as knowledge acquisition. And you just need to know, if you're coming to Village Church, this is part of the gravitational pull of our church. And so one of the things that the Lord has made clear is my job is to fight that. Um, you will get lots of content in sermons, whoever is preaching, right? That's not an issue. But what I, what I feel passionate about is making sure that we are continuing to prioritize two things. Like These are like my two things. That your job is not to know about Jesus, but to know him personally, intimately, to have a vibrant, personal relationship with God that is not defined by how much you know about him, but knowing him personally. And number two is that in our fat smartness, we don't get content with each other, but we remember the first part of the Great Commission, which is to stay or go. You don't have an option to go. I mean, you do have an option because many of us choose not to, but you don't have an option. And so what happens is because of our gravitational pull towards this Achilles heel, it is so easy for us to come out every week and be like, let's get smarter. Great sermon. I learned a ton. I'm smart because I go to church and I listen to 500 podcasts a day and I'm acquiring more and more knowledge, 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 knowledge. And here's the question. Are you going and are you growing in intimacy with Jesus? That's what I want to know first before I know how smart you are. But again, you're going to come here and you're going to get smart because we like to teach. But, um, so as I, as I talk about all that, um, one of the primary focuses of our Sunday evening service is going to be this, seeing unchurched people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That is going to be one of our laser beam focuses. So I'm going to build a team of 30 people. Uh, there'll be a bunch of kids that won't be a part of the 30, but they'll be there. There'll be a children's ministry on Sunday nights in some way. And we're going to get a team of 30 people who are all committed to seeing people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And the, it's going to take place in the 601, which is over there. It's the youth room. It's got a killer, awesome sound system. It's super loud. Fits about 70, 80, 90 chairs comfortably. You can have a really neat service in there. I mean, it would be a great place for a church plant to have weekly services. So what we're going to do is we're going to start, we're going to have a team of 30 people who are committed to seeing people come to Jesus. And we are going to pray, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray. And we're going to commit. If we're going to be on the team, we're going to commit to inviting people to come to church. Because what's weird, I mean, just catch this, um, it is often easier for people to start a spiritual discussion by inviting them to church and then having a discussion than it is just starting a discussion. Like for a lot of people, this is an interesting thing. It's easier for you to look at them and say, dude, you should come to church with me. I mean, they're weird, but you should come to church with me, right? 
And a lot of people will go with you, and then that actually begins to be a catalyst for you having spiritual conversations with people. We want to create an environment um, where people are, are inviting as many unchurched people and praying for them um, specifically. Now, you have probably have a million questions. Is it a different church? No, it's still Village Church. We're still going to preach the same sermons. If somebody preaches on Sunday morning, they're going to preach there on Sunday night. You're still going to integrate into the community groups. It's still going to be Village Church. But here's what it's not. It is not an extra service for you to go to. Um, if you can't make it on a Sunday morning and you want to come, fine. This is a set-aside opportunity for our, we'll say, our evangelists who need to be reinvigorated to come together and to see as many people come to faith in Jesus. What will Jesus do with this? I have no idea. Uh, what if it fails? At least we tried. I'm at a point with stuff like this where uh, as you get to know me, you'll figure this out. I would much rather try and fail than sit on my rear and do nothing and do what's safe. And who knows what the Lord wants to do with it. Maybe it'll close down after three months or four months. For me, that's not a loss. Uh, maybe it's just uh, the beginning of something different. Maybe it's a whole other Sunday night ministry that we don't even know is waiting for us. Maybe there's a whole crew of people who work on Sunday mornings and want to go to church but can't, and this is an opportunity for them to connect. I have no idea what it is. But here's what I know. I know that I'm passionate about seeing people come to Jesus. I'm passionate about mobilizing our evangelists. I am passionate about creating uh, environments where we can grow smaller and grow closer and become disciples together. And uh, so I wrote down some things for you. You might be thinking, oh, do I want to be a part of this? And here's some ways that you can know whether or not you should be a part of it. If you want to come to church late and leave early, this is probably not for you. If that's where you're at, love you, and I pray you just keep coming, and I, I think we call ourselves the vacuum of love, because we just suck you in, and before you know it, you're like coming early and staying late, but that being said, um, if that's where you're at, this probably isn't for you right away. If you want to come and not have a weekly ministry, this is probably not for you. Every single person of the 30 is going to have a ministry. You're going to have responsibility. You're going to have oversight. Um, if you're in 8th grade or 10th grade or 12th grade, you're going to have something to do that's going to be meaningful and is going to impact the mission. If you hate loud music, this is probably not for you. Here's why I say that. We're not just going to crank up the music because we like loud music. It's a small room. And when you put a drum set in a small room, Village Church, does it get quiet or loud? It gets loud. It gets ridiculous. So on one level, like if that's something that's going to frustrate you, then probably don't go back there. Uh, it probably not, you're just going to get more frustrated. But on the other hand, um, if you can enjoy that environment and it doesn't seem to be a bother for you, then awesome. If you like things just so and get frustrated when things change, this probably is not for you. Okay? If you know anything about me and how I'm probably going to be doing this, it'll be changing a lot. We're going to be testing, experimenting, playing, figuring stuff out. What won't change is the gospel, the word of God that's preached. I mean, you can, if you miss service, uh, you'll know what's preached uh, on Sunday night because it'll be preached Sunday morning, okay? So we're not talking like you're not going to miss content, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, though, this is going to be something where if you like things to stay the same, you like your liturgy and your routine, it probably is not going to pump you up. If you're passionate about evangelism and you need to be reinvigorated in your passion, this might be for you. If you're like, oh, I just so need something different to pour myself into, something that will get me excited again, you may not understand that if you're not an evangelist. You might be like, well, just get excited. It's not always that easy. And here's what we found. New things excite evangelists. New opportunities pump them up and reinvigorate that passion and I know for myself, I've been talking with a number of you who just have this secret passion inside of you. Many of you are like, I, couldn't, I wouldn't go to this if you paid me. Like, this, is, this sounds miserable. And some of you are like, I can't not be a part of this. 
Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Even if it fails, I'd rather be a part of something that fails and then just go back to life as normal than not be a part of, a part of this. If the idea of being in a small community um, where you actually get to know people and they know you scares you, well, I would say just join anyways because you need to be known. Like This is for some of you introverts. You're like, I don't know if I really want people to get involved in my life like that. You know, uh, If you want to come to church and have a bonfire every week after or go hang out with a bunch of people, this might be a great place for you, whether you're 80, 18, or 8 years old. Um, I'm really excited and uh, because I went to the elders a while back and I said, I really, 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 really want to hire Matt Cameron to run all the music and production and everything for this. And they said, that sounds amazing. And so Matt is going to be our worship intern um, through January for now. And, um, and we're just going to go at this thing. And Matt is going to be devoted to making Sunday nights be amazingly awesome. And so if you have any questions about it, you can talk to Matt Cameron. Matt, can you just stand up so people can see your face? This is Matt. Um, hey, Matt. Yep. And um, Matt is going to be leading the worship, all that kind of stuff, putting together a, mu- a, a team of musicians and all that kind of stuff. So if you are, are at all interested, Matt's the guy to talk to. And uh, some of you are like, well, what if I want to go to church in the morning and at night? Well, I don't care what you do, as long as you're there at night, if you commit to the team, like that's the most important thing. Some people will end up serving in the morning and then going to church at night and uh, serving on that team also. I don't know. But here's what I know. I know that there are 30 people out there who either by October or January want to be a part of this. I don't know when the launch date is going to be yet. It depends when the Lord brings the team together. If we can get 30 people together by October, we want to launch in October. If not, we'll wait till January and we'll launch then. So if you're at all interested, come talk to me. But that's something that I'm particularly excited about. And uh, I hope you guys are excited about that too. Um, Number four, we wanted to have smaller, more focused teams. And so Tim and I are committed to working with all of our directors and we are trying to make teams that are as efficient and focused on the mission as humanly possible. Number three, now we're going to fly. You ready to fly? Yes, okay, good. It's like, someone, crickets, ah, you know? To provide compelling training and resources to encourage daily spiritual disciplines because we don't want you to know just about Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. And so what we put in front of you last year is a Go Deep series. We started our first one, Going Deeper in Bible Study. Next Sunday launches our three-week Going Deeper in Prayer. And then in the fall, we'll do ones on Going Deeper in Generosity and Evangelism. You may think to yourself, I already know how to pray. The amount of people who come to me on a regular basis to say, I have no idea what to say when I pray. They literally have no idea. And so... Well, here's a question for you who are super mature. If someone comes to you and says, will you teach me how to pray? What will you use? What will you tell them? This is a three-week resource that you can use with anybody you're discipling. Somebody comes to you and says, will you teach me how to study the Bible? Well, now you can use this three-week resource connected to three sermons and a booklet we'll be giving you to actually walk people through. Here's how you read the Bible. Here's an introduction into how to read the Bible. What does it mean to be generous? What does God want from me? Well, here's a three-week discipleship training on how to be generous. Here's a three-week discipleship training on how to share your faith. And uh, so very excited about that. And so that's continuing to go on. And then number four, we wanted to overcome our debt facilities and leadership hurdles. Our goal is to reallocate the necessary resources to prepare Village Church for growth and for Jesus' mission. So there are a couple things that we went to the church for, and we had about $100,000 of debt um, left. And you may not remember this, but I said kind of jokingly, hey, if any of you want to write a $100,000 check, have at it. And then the Holy Spirit was like, oh, I want you to write a $100,000 check. And it was amazing. we literally paid off all of our debt 
And what I honestly, I was half joking, half serious, you know what I mean? Like, didn't really honestly think that would happen. And, and so I just want to make a half joke, half serious. If any of you have like $100,000 that you want to write a check to the Phillips Church right now, you know, like, that's fine. Uh, I have no idea what we would do with it, but we'll figure it out and pray about it. Uh, no, but all glory to God. I mean, honestly, I'm blown away. And this has actually freed us to be able to reallocate our resources and our funds to accomplish the mission and to overcome some of the hurdles that have been standing in front of us. So grateful and give all glory to God. Number two is our foyer and children's foyer revamp. Um, You'll notice that after the services, it gets pretty tight in there. So likely by the end of the year, we will knock out the cafe wall, open all of that up. And um, also um, part of our five-year children's wing revamp, they'll be redoing the children's foyer back there and the classroom, a whole bunch of stuff. And then next year, they're going to do a whole bunch of different things. Um, So every year, we allocate a certain amount of money to the revamp. This year, we allocated $15,000 for it. And uh, next year, we're going to allocate another sum of money so that we can make our children's wing as amazing as humanly possible. Please give an amen to that. Amen. Good. Uh, Number three. New discipleship pastor. We didn't have Pastor Tim in January when we initially gave the sermon, and now Pastor Tim is here, and we praise God for him. He's been absolutely amazing. And then number four, new elders and deacons. About a year and a half ago, we launched elder development teams and deacon development teams. These are teams that we are, um, I meet with and put together, and they're to develop them and see if they're interested in the office of elder, uh, to plant the seeds and ideas. Because if we're going to have elders and deacons in five years, when do we need to develop them? Now. Now, and that's one of my passions, is looking to the future and preparing now for what God might bring us later. So if you're new with us, that's a lot of what's going on. And uh, I just want to say, so what? What's the big deal? What do we do? With new growth comes new demands and new needs. I'm going to give you two simple so what's. And the first one is become. If you've been flirting or dating uh, Village Church for some time, I just want to ask you, would you jump in? Uh, would you sign up for our core class? It's a requirement for becoming a member. You don't have to become a member, but would you sign up for that? And uh, we would love for you to be all in, to jump in, and to be a part of this community. We would love for you to become a member so that we can know um, who, is, who we're really accountable to and what's going on. So would you consider, prayerfully consider, signing up for our core class? It starts September 13th. It's six weeks long. It's not difficult, but it will tell you what our vision, mission, values are, who we are, where we're going. really encourage you to be a part of that. And then number two, would you serve? Um, our, our motto here is attend one, serve one. Uh, if you're able to attend a service and serve a service, that would be amazing. Um, but one of our desires is to mobilize the church because the staff can't do it all, nor do we want to do it all because then it would not be done well. But you have the resources that we need to fulfill the vision that God has given us. So we believe that if God gives us a direction to go, he will also resource that vision. And so I want to share with you a couple of the primary needs that are sitting in front of us. You guys ready? Children, 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 and children. There's one more, children. If you you are not serving, um, this would be a great place for you to consider starting because we have lots and lots of needs. Maybe you can just hold babies. We'll come and hold babies once a month. Uh, maybe you're passionate about teaching children. Now, don't worry, moms and dads. We're not just saying everybody's welcome to serve in children's ministry. We will vet them and check them and put them through processes and all that kind of stuff. That will happen. But if we're going to have volunteers later, we need to start checking them now, right? We need to start building into them now. We need to start training them now. We need to start getting to know them now. And so if you're not serving or jumping in anywhere, um, I promise you, you won't die if you attend one and serve one. Our musicians get here at what time? 6.30 or 7 a.m. every Sunday morning, and they're here till 1 o'clock, and they're still alive. It's amazing. We're not even asking that. 
could you come a little early, serve at a service, and stay for a service? And really excited about Tom's vision and what he's going to be doing back there. And uh, that's our ask of you. Now, there's a couple other areas that I want to encourage you in. Number one is... um, uh, John Tuck is building his first impressions team. Cafe, greeters, ushers. If you're like an extrovert and you love saying hi to people, go talk to John Tuck. He'll be out um, at a booth in the back. If you're a musician, um, not a bad musician, but a good musician, um, you hear that? A good musician. Um, we'd love for you to um, consider being a part of our worship ministry. Um, if you're a, a creative developer, designer, you like branding, different things like that, Bethany's putting together a whole creative team. There's awesome opportunities there. And if you're all interested in the 601 service on Sunday nights, um, love, Matt and I would love to talk to you about that. So here's what's going to happen. In the back, out, out, out the doors, are a bunch of tables. And the tables are not every ministry in the church. They're tables that are next steps if you're interested in serving or taking another step. So there's a community group table. There's a core class table. There's a children's ministry table, a first impressions table. And each of the directors will be at that table. And here's my ask. Even if you don't know whether or not you're ready to serve, will you even just sign up and begin the discussion? Um, You may be like, I don't know if I really want to land here. Would you just put your name on the core class thing? And then let's begin the discussion about whether or not this should be a next step for you. But my desire for you this morning is don't just stop. Take the next step. Amen? Sound good? Good? Really good? Awesome. Good, good. Um, The question is, what time is it? It's 1221, and it is time for the band to come up. Um, And we're going to close with one song. As we do, I want to pray. I want to ask God to, um, yeah, bless our vision where it lines up with his. So, Father, um, I love you. And uh, it is a pretentious thing to dream sometimes. Um, And, Lord, sometimes we can get um, beyond ourselves, beyond you. Sometimes our egos can be stroked and we can say, look what I can do. But, God, truly our deepest desire is to go where you lead. We want to follow. And so, Lord, whatever goals that we've set in place here, we believe they're good goals, they're not sin, but however you want to see those met this year, we are totally open and invite you to do whatever you want, however you want it. And so, God, we have no identity in being right on these goals. What we really want is for Jesus to get all the glory and to follow you every step of the way. And so, Lord, as we plan 601 services, I just pray, God, that we would never get ahead of you. You would be moving by your Holy Spirit in hearts. Um, Lord, that those who you want to be on that team um, would just be moved to have that discussion. Lord, that um, uh, when you want us to start that, whether it's October or January or later, Lord, that we would just be really sensitive to your voice. And, Lord, even as we're getting ready for Mission 20 or Vision 2016 and we're dreaming about the future, Lord, I pray that every one of our dreams would be motivated by giving Jesus as much glory and by pursuing the mission that you have given the church to make disciples who go and grow and overcome. So we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen.